I was educated by what I could get my hands on and learn and read. I didn't want to read my school books, but I could find plenty of stuff to read. You know what I'm saying? I was educated the wrong way. So my thing is this, and this is the way we feel at our Savior's church, is that if you can't talk about sex in church, then where can you talk about it? And, 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 And if you're talking about it, is it the truth or is it a lie? Right? Because if you, if you look at the world today, you see the world all tangled up and twisted and, and people are doing things that they're not supposed to be doing. The Bible calls it unnatural. In other words, he didn't create them to do things that way. And it's because they've listened to the enemy. They've listened to Satan. They've listened to his lies. And because of that, their life is on a road to destruction. And I sit here and I go, man, you know what? If we can't, we got to start talking about this in church. We got to start speaking the truth about this issue. And we got to stand up. Listen to me. I am never more nervous than when we talk about sex in church. My hands have been shaking all day. That's why this one's in my pocket because I'm nervous. Because I'm nervous about how you're going to respond. I'm, I'm totally fine. Me personally. I've had the talk with my two oldest children, my wife and I. And, and we speak the truth over there. And it wasn't just a one-time talk. It was, a, it was a, an open door. If they ever have questions, they can come ask. If I ever have questions, I can go ask. Right? A good question to be for you today would be, is, 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 are you asking your, your, your children or your, your teens about sex? Are you asking them what their views are? Are you asking them what they're thinking? Are you asking them what they're hearing as far as chatter goes when it comes to sex? Because there's a truth and then there's a lie. Amen? Great and godly sex starts between the ears long before it gets between the legs. Seriously. It starts between the ears. It starts right here. You got to have a good, some good godly thinking to enjoy the great and godly sex that he wants you to enjoy. Listen to me. You don't need to be uncomfortable with this because God created sex for us to enjoy. Period. It's a gift to us. It's not gross. It was never intended to be gross. It was intended to be one of the most intimate things ever. It was his precious gift to us that as a husband and a wife... We can enjoy sex. It's a gift. It's a natural thing. Everything fits like it's supposed to fit. Right? He made us to do this. And we don't need to be uncomfortable about it. If you're uncomfortable about it, then maybe you're believing a lie and you haven't heard the truth. Because I promise you from my own life, when I discovered the truth about what God says about sex and God's viewpoint on sex, I'm not uncomfortable anymore. I'm a free man. Are you with me? And listen to me. There's too many people bound up today. Too many bound up in the church world. Where we're supposed to be having the greatest godly sex there ever is known to man. We're supposed to be having the best. Because we know the truth. At least that's the way it's supposed to be. But if nobody wants to talk about it, then who gets to hear the truth? Amen? Amen? Great and godly sex sex starts with godly thinking. Our spiritual enemy, Satan, he's been the sex ed teacher for too long. Right? We've depended on the school system for too many years to teach our children about sex. Right? We've left it up to the the musical artists of the day. All the artists in this world, we left it up to them to educate our children on sex. It starts with godly thinking. Wrong thinking leads to sinful actions. John 8, says, when the devil lies, he speaks his native language, for he is a liar and the father of lies. Everything that Satan says is a lie. Amen. 
Amen? Every word. That's his native language. He can't tell the truth. He's the father of lies. He's the great deceiver. He loves to lie about sex. Because he knows that that when he lies about sex and he can get you to do something that you're not supposed to do or believe something that you're not supposed to believe, he can put this dump load, this dump truck load of shame on you and he can begin to wreck your life. He lies and his lies lead to destruction. Let me show you some truth. John 8, 32 says this, Jesus speaking, he says, then you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. How many of you want to be completely free? Come on, we have no issues talking about freedom in our finances, freedom in our marriage, freedom in our mind, freedom in our spirit, freedom in our relationships, right? What about freedom in sex? Jesus is the truth and the truth will set you free. Today we want to build a foundation for the next two weeks. We want to talk to you about the lies that Satan's been spewing. The words that have been coming out of his mouth, the, the discrepancies, the, the little tweaks and the turns of the truth that he's tried to do to change this world. And so today we want to start laying a foundation to bring the truth across on so that you can stand your life up on top of this truth. Amen. We want the truth and that's our strategy. So next week we're going to talk about how Satan lies to your kids. Then the week after that, we're going to talk about how Satan lies to married couples and singles. So let's start back in the beginning. Let's go back to Genesis. I want to show you something. Say the serpent's first deception involves sexuality. In Genesis chapter 2 verse 25, it says the man and his wife were both naked and they felt no shame. You remember that? You remember the story of Adam and Eve? They were in the garden. God gave them this garden to tend and to take care of. And listen to me. They were buck naked. Not naked. They were naked. There's a difference. Didn't know if you knew that. But they were naked and the Bible says that they were unashamed. They were not ashamed of their position. They were not ashamed of what they were not wearing. Are you with me? No shame at all. It was the most natural thing on the planet. That man and woman would be naked. Now I personally think it's good to have clothes. Just my opinion. I'm glad you're clothed and you're probably glad that I'm clothed. But they were in the garden and they were naked and unashamed. Walking around freely. The, the best example I can give to you is when your toddler, when you bring your toddler to the bathroom. I'm sure this has happened to everybody. You bring your toddler to the bathroom and you're getting ready to put them in a tub, right? And you take all their little clothes off. And then you, you step over there to test the water to make sure it's not too hot. And what happens? Pew, they gone. They run it through the house. Ah! Right? Unashamed. <laughs> no shame. I mean, it's just... Ah! Just having a good time. Put a naked baby in the bathtub. Right? I mean, that's what Adam and Eve was like. I mean, it was just, there was no shame. There was no guilt. There was nothing wrong with it. Amen? Maybe you're here today and, and, and something, something happened to you that, that it wasn't right. And you're walking in shame. Maybe something somebody did something to you that... That wasn't right and you, you, you got shame and you don't know how to get rid of it. Maybe you're here and, and you, you exposed yourself to some things when you were young or even older. It doesn't matter the age. And, and since that, you, you felt dirty and unclean. 
and you felt ashamed. Maybe that's you today. I, I've, I've been there. You know, what's funny is that it's, it's really not funny, but at a young age, I was exposed to pornography and, and nobody forced it on me. I was, my mom never had the talk with me. And so I never knew the truth about sex and my cousins had a magazine. And I can remember we were outside hiding in the junk. We had junk in the yard. We're hiding in the junk. That's where we smoked our first cigarette. That's where we drank our first drink. That's where we looked at our first magazines. And I can remember to this day the magazine we looked at. And man, I've cried out and asked God, Lord, please take this away. Please take this away. I can bring you the image right now. And it's something I've got to constantly, listen to me, constantly get it under control and bring it to the feet of Jesus and say, Lord, take care of this. I got to take my thoughts captive. Are you with me? All the things I was exposed to, all the things that happened to me as a kid and even as a teenager and then a young adult, all those things. I've got to take those thoughts captive and and, and bring them to the obedience of Christ and remind them of where they belong. I wish it would just go away. But can I be honest with you? It doesn't. Some of you know exactly what I'm talking about. The second thing we see in the beginning is that our sexuality is Satan's easiest door to shame. It's, our, it's, it's the easiest door. The easiest thing for him to shame in your life is your sexuality. Why is it so sensitive? Why is it such a taboo issue? Why is it such a big deal? Why is Hollywood and the music system of today making such a big deal about sex? It's the easiest door to shame. I want to ask you two two shame-filled questions. And I I really want you to take this time from here on out. And I want you to just get honest with yourself. Each person in here. I'm not going to ask you to make any announcements today. I'm not going to ask you to come to the front or anything like that. But I want you to right now just, just start to get real open and honest with God. The Holy Spirit's here. He's ministering to everyone here. You need to get real open and honest today. If there's something you're carrying today, you need to deal with it today. And can I tell you, you can deal with it right where you are. Amen. So I'm going, I'm going to start asking you some questions. And I want you to be honest. Great and godly sex starts between what? The ears before it starts between the legs, right? Number one, what seed of sexual shame has Satan planted in your life? What seed of sexual shame has Satan planted in your life? What was that thing that's coming to your mind right now? It's coming to your remembrance right now because let me tell you how the Holy Spirit works. He will bring to your mind, to your remembrance, something that happened to you and it's very specific. And what I want you to do is I want you to capture that thing because that's what, he, that's what he's bringing up. I want you to grab it and get, get ready to deal with it. Can we do that? He, he's doing it right now. I'm telling you. What seed of sexual shame has Satan planted in your life? Maybe as a kid, somebody touched you inappropriately. You felt dirty, afraid, and maybe you enjoyed it, but then afterwards you regretted it. Maybe you blamed yourself. Maybe you grew up confused. You know, what's crazy is that a lot of teenage boys these days, they they don't know which way they're going to go. They're confused. Maybe you saw something sexual, an image, a movie, an action, a website, something. Maybe, Maybe you walked in on something one day and it was just, ah! 
and you weren't expecting it. And it's not your fault, but you just you ran into something. Maybe you had some homosexual thoughts. You felt unnormal. Maybe you acted on those thoughts and now you feel shamed and confused. And you feel like you can't turn around and you're, you're stuck in this cycle, this vacuum that you can't get out of. Maybe you started fooling around. Maybe you said things like, this is my body, I can do what I want. You thought, you know, it kind of feels good now, but then all of a sudden after you did it, it, it shame came. Dirtiness came. The kind of dirtiest and you, you can't take a shower and get rid of. Are you with me? What seed of sexual shame has Satan planted in your life? You remember when Adam and Eve ate the fruit after being tempted by the serpent? You remember that? You remember when they actually ate the fruit? Let's talk about what happened after they actually did the act. They did the deed. They committed the sin. Are you with me? When they decided to go against what God said. Watch what it says in Genesis 3.7. It says, Then the eyes of both of them were opened, and they realized they were naked. So they sewed fig leaves together and made coverings for themselves. Wow. I mean, we were, just, we were just reading. They were naked and unashamed like your little toddler running through the house. No cares in the world. No shame about it at all. This is all that I am. All my sensitive parts are exposed and I'm not ashamed of it. And then now we see them where they're, they're running to the bushes. And they're hiding. And they, they took fig leaves and they made coverings. Isn't that how sin works? Do you remember the first time you were exposed to something? And listen, if you're here today and you've never been exposed, man, all I can say is praise God. Praise God. Because evidently you had some parents that protected you. You had a, 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 the Holy Ghost protected something. Somebody's protecting you. You were raised upright or something. But praise God if that's you. And, and, and I hope you stay that way until the day you say, I do. That's my hope for you. But for the rest of us, what happened? We were naked and unashamed, and now all of a sudden we're hiding. And we're, we're trying not to let people see us and get to the most sensitive parts of our life. And we, we, we're trying to cover up with something and... And what's funny is, is they take fig leaves. And you might say, well, that's cool. You know, fig leaves are kind of big. You don't have to sew too many of them to cover up. But have you looked at a fig leaf lately? There's these tiny little thorns on fig leaves. And they placed them in their most sensitive part. I'm thinking, man, a good old leaf or you know, something without stickers on it. I mean. But you know what the reality is? is that as, as people, when we, when we fall into that thing, or we, we make that decision to sin and, and shame comes upon us, we, we decide to cover up with some things. And let me tell you, those coverings are hurting you. They're damaging you. They're hurting you. It's not healthy to cover up. Because you see, a lot of times, most of us were raised with this kind of thinking that when something bad happens, you just kind of hush-hush about it, and you just go on, and time will heal it. When the truth is, is that time doesn't heal anything. Right? 
So we cover it up and we wait for time. We wait for things to pass. We wait for our our folks to not talk about it. We wait to not see that person again. We wait and hopefully it goes away. But the truth is, is it never goes away. You try to cover it, but it's still there. Verse 9 to 10 says this, but the Lord called to the man, where are you? And Adam answered, I heard you in the garden and I was afraid because I was naked. So I hid. Listen to his response. Pay attention to his response. God comes into the garden. He says, Adam, where are you? He says, I'm hiding because I realized I was naked. He didn't say I'm hiding because I sinned. He said, I'm hiding because I'm naked. He didn't need to confess his nakedness. He needed to confess his sin. Right? But he was hiding because he was ashamed. You remember what God's God's response to him was after that? Who told you you were naked? Shame leads to Leads us to wrong thinking and wrong thinking leads us to sinful actions. Sinful actions lead us to destruction. That's why so many people don't have the intimacy that God wants them to have. It's because they've ended up in destruction. They've gone down that road of destruction. Where sinful actions have led to all these other things. And now you're in a place where you you can't be intimate with anybody. Not even your own husband or wife. Second question I want to ask you is what dangerous and painful covering are you hiding behind? What is the thing that you're hiding behind? You you might think because of what happens or, or, or what I did that I'm a bad person. But let me tell you something. That doesn't mean that you're a bad person. Let me show you the difference between guilt and shame. Guilt says this. Guilt says I feel bad because of what I did. Shame says I am bad because of what I did. You see the difference. One, one says that I feel bad because I, I, of what I did. I feel guilt because of what I did. The other says that I am bad because of what I did. You see the difference. When you're guilty, you can repent. When you're shamed or when you're full of shame, it's hard to repent because you think that you're broken. And that you're the bad thing. Are you, are you following me on this one? It can't be fixed. I'm unlovable. I'm unfixable. I can't be made new again because I'm bad because I made this decision and it's shame. And that's not the truth. What are you hiding behind? Maybe you're relationally detached. Many people do that in marriages. They won't, they won't let each other get in close. They've got this little wall between them, this little barrier, and they, and they can't, they can't enjoy the intimacy that God wants them to enjoy because there's something there. And so you have, this is, what it, this is what it looks like in marriage because it's happened to Cheryl and I before. Is that you, you, you long for one another, right? Because God gave you that longing. You have a desire to be together and to get intimate. But there's something that's always there. It's kind of like the sheets. The sheets are always in the way. It happens. But there's, there's something there. There's something stopping your intimacy. That's the thing that you're hiding behind. Maybe you set unreasonable expectations. Maybe you've sabotaged relationships and you've gone on to cheating and you can't be faithful. 
So what do we do when we've been hiding for so long? What do we do now? What's the next step, Pastor? What do we do? How, how do we get out of this thing? Let's, come on, I understand where I'm at. What, what do I do now? It's very simple. You drop the leaf. You drop the leaf. You drop the thing you're hiding behind. And you expose the lie. You see, for Adam and Eve to come out from behind the bush and drop the leaf, to me, would have said to God that, you know what, I, I, I messed up. And look here, I, can you restore me? I'm sorry, can you fix me? Can you make me new again? Right? You drop the leaf, you expose it. You expose, you got to expose it. You know why? Because things that are kept in the dark continue to grow. There's, there's three things that grow in darkness. Mold, fungus, and shame. Just because something happened to you, whether it was you doing it or somebody else doing it to you, just because that thing happened and you covered it up and you're not hiding behind that thing doesn't mean that you're okay. It means that you're actually getting worse. Come on, somebody. It's getting worse. You think it's getting better and you're faking and fooling yourself by thinking that it's getting better, but it's not. You're continuing down the road of destruction. Does this make sense? Until something happens. And my prayer is, God, don't let me drift down that road. Please, Lord, keep my heart soft enough to hear you speak to me and to expose the lies so that I can deal with it now, so that I can enjoy the favor and the goodness that you want me to enjoy on this planet while I'm here. I don't want to be 75 years old and realize I've been hiding behind a fig leaf my whole life. Right? I don't want to do that. Listen, it's a painful thing to to drop the leaf. It's a painful thing to expose the lie. But until you do, nothing's going to change. So great, Pastor, we dropped the leaf. That's good. Let me tell you what dropping the leaf looks like. I've got several friends that have been molested. Some boys and some girls. Sad to say, but the majority of them are boys. And I got a friend that he, he, he came out and confessed that to me that he was molested as a kid. Oh, man. It's like, bro, I didn't know, man. I'm sorry, dude. It's like, man. And, and you know what happened when he confessed that he was molested as a kid? It was like his whole countenance changed. It's almost like the blood dropped out of him for a minute and then God just put some new blood in him. All of a sudden he had color in his skin again and it looked like a a thousand pounds was taken off of his shoulders just because he confessed what happened. And then he went on and he got some counseling and God restored him. He had, he was, I didn't know it, but he was struggling in his marriage. There was a wall. That thing was a wall. Every time he went to get intimate with his wife, there was this molestation in the way. The the, the thing that he hid, the dirtiness and the uncleanness kept him from the goodness of God. Right? And he couldn't enjoy it because of this thing. But let me tell you, he's a free man now. Because he knows the truth. And the truth is setting him free. Amen. So let me give you four points. Things you may need to do to drop the leaf. Number one is you need to confess your secret shame. 
You need to find somebody to confess your shame to. You need to confess it to Jesus first. Don't ever go to somebody and confess something unless unless you've already told Jesus, okay? Because that ain't ain't fair for that person. For you to just go and dump your truckload of, of, of junk on them and you haven't even talked to Jesus about it, right? If you love that person, you will go and bring it to Jesus before you go and talk to them. Please. Before you come see me. (laughs) Maybe you were the victim. Maybe you were the offender. It happens. The second thing you do is you take your hurt to Jesus. You bring it to Jesus. Say, Lord, I got this hurt. You just talk to him about it. Like you would talk to a counselor. Like you would talk to anybody else. You just, you find your little quiet place in your house. And honestly, you just spill your guts to him. And listen, I know it hurts to bring up the past. I know it's difficult. I know you don't want to do it. Nobody does. But I'm going to tell you today, you have to. You have to. It's vital for your life that you do. The third thing you need to do is you need to get biblical counseling. You need to find, and listen to me carefully, very carefully. You need to find a mature believer to get some counseling from. You don't put your your issues on Facebook. Seriously. You don't go to your your little buddy that you you always talk to and and y'all gossip about. You don't go to those people. You hear me? You don't go to somebody that's, that's more immature than you are. You go to somebody that's spiritually mature, that can actually help you. Are you with me? Too many people want to just share with anybody. And it's like, man, you're just doing more damage. You're bringing on more shame. You need to go to somebody. You need to even pray about who you need to go to. Because listen, it may not be me. Need to get biblical counseling. Then you need to admit to your secret sin. You need to admit to your secret sin. The conviction of God is on you because you have, a, you have a dirty little secret. Confess that you need help. I'll share a quick little story with you about me. And it hurts me to share this because of the damage I did. After I was married, Cheryl and I were married. We attended the church in Broussard back when they had the orange chairs in the old lodge and Pastor Jacob wasn't even talking about marriage. He just said something about husband and wife. And the Holy Spirit convicted me that day that I never got clean with my wife, with my wife, one wife, that I was unfaithful before we were married. I actually hid it. And can I tell you, that was one of the scariest days in my life because we were already married and I was afraid that I was going to lose what I had. And man, I went home and I tried to take and I tried to sleep it off. It didn't work. I, I tried to, to busy it off, get busy. That didn't work. It's like the Holy Spirit wasn't leaving me alone. And finally, I went to her and I got on my knees and I repented from the bottom of my heart and I confessed to her what I did. And in that instant, I saw the damage and the destruction that I did that I caused. And I begged for forgiveness, knowing, clearly knowing that she had the right to get up and walk out and never come back. I put all my chips on the table. You know why? Because I was sick of living the lie. I was sick of living the lie. I was sick of hiding behind the fig leaf. Are you with me? I'm tired of it. I don't want it no more. 
I'm tired of living this lie and always making an excuse. And every time I close my eyes, I see the thing happening again. I want, I want to be healed from it. I want to be done with it. And I did. And I'm proud to tell you that my wife lovingly forgave me. And she walks in forgiveness still today. And she loves me. Amen. She loves me. All I can say is praise God because I didn't deserve that. Right? I want you to watch this. Watch this quick video. Our sexuality is one of Satan's easiest doorways to shame us. How does this play out in normal life? Let's say that your life is clean and clear. And then one day, someone hurts you sexually. Or you make a sinful sexual decision. And all of a sudden, shame drops into your life. What used to be clean and clear now becomes cloudy. You're full of shame. Your life is stained. What do you do? Well, Scripture says in Job 11, 13 through 16, Yet if you devote your heart to God and stretch out your hands to Him, you put away the sin that is in your hand and allow no evil to dwell in your tent, then you will lift up your face without shame. You will stand firm and without fear. You will surely forget your trouble, recalling it only as waters gone So I want to encourage you today. I want you to do this one thing. I want you to get real with God. Amen. I want you to just get brutally real with God. Can you do that? Can you just get so real with him that it's, it's scary? Can you drop the fig leaf? God wants to bring healing in your life, but there's this darkness that's in the way. And you need to expose the darkness. If there's a person you need to forgive, you need to forgive them. Maybe the, the person you need to forgive is yourself. Because sometimes we can't forgive ourselves. Maybe you need to tell your spouse this secret or whatever God shows you that it is. Drop the fig leaf. Maybe your marriage is not what it should be. Maybe you're single and you crave intimacy, but you can't find it. Maybe that's you today. Can you stand up with me this morning? I want to pray for you. I just want you to open your hands up this morning. And I want you to take this time. And I'm going to pray. I'm not going to get in a hurry. I'm just going to let the Holy Spirit lead us this morning. Father, right now, Lord, I ask you to show us what it means to drop the fig leaf. Lord, give, you, give us the, the courage to open up. Forgive us for where we failed and sinned, Lord. Give us the ability to forgive those who have sinned against us, even when we don't think that it's possible. God, I pray for those who need biblical counseling, that you will direct them to the right place. God, renew our minds, and wherever we are believing the lies, Father, would you replace it with the truth? Help us to find safe places to confess. Lord, I pray for those that are hearing these confessions, that they will be full of grace and full of love and full of truth, full of compassion, Lord. 
God, we ask you for healing in the name of Jesus. We ask you to break addictions, to break strongholds, and to break the power of shame. Lord, would you set us free this morning? Would you set us free, Lord? We want to be free indeed. Free indeed, Lord. You said where the, where whom the Son sets free is free indeed, Lord. You're here to, to set us free. Help us to find this freedom, Lord. Help us to drop the fig leaf and to receive your freedom, Lord. Help us today. Heal us, Lord. Heal us, Father. Purify us. So that, Lord, we can, we can get more intimate with you. We can be more intimate in our relationships, Lord. So, Father, these walls will come tumbling down. And we can just be real. We won't have to worry about the shame anymore. Or the guilt or the embarrassment, Father. Thank you for your restoring and redeeming and healing power, Lord. I just bless you, church, right now. In the name of Jesus, I just bless you with a healing from God. Be healed in the name of Jesus. Be healed in the name of Jesus. Be healed in the name of Jesus. All of you, be healed in the name of Jesus. Be healed completely. Lord, we thank you this morning. Thank you that you're full of grace and mercy and you're full of love. And it's like Pastor Zach shared earlier, Lord, how you you, you come running in, Father. And Lord, you are are standing on your tiptoes waiting to run into our lives right now. Lord, help us to confess. Help us to drop the leaf, Lord. Thank you that we can talk about this in your church and with your people. And I bless you, Lord.